Hey guys, if you love listening to our podcast, then you're going to love the pictures at wrestlersorwarriors.com. Tony Rotundo is a great friend of ours and his photos are fantastic. Go see him for yourself at wrestlersorwarriors.com. That's wrestlersorwarriors.com. We are back with the 13th interview of Home at Advantage. I am Jude Swisher, joined today by a very special guest. He had a 178-13 and 13 high school record. He was a three-time national champ for Grandview University. I call him Coach, and his name is Eric Thompson. Coach Eric, how are you doing? Good, Jude. How's it going today? It's going well. It's a little rainy. It's a little sad outside, but um, I'm glad that we got get a chance to talk and uh, you know, what's going on with you? I'm excited, man. Uh, yeah, we're just, we're moving. Uh, we moved into our new house. So I was just, we finally resold our old house. So I'm just working on getting all our stuff out, trying to get everything together. But yeah, <laughs> some central, some special central Pennsylvania weather today. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah. it's characteristic. So, so coach, wh- what do you think about, I'm just going to drop this. What do you think about Snyder coming to the NLWC? Um, it's exciting, man, right? Anytime you can get, uh, you know, another big guy in the room, um, especially one, you know, obviously one of the, eventually he'll be one of the all time greats, you know, just let alone what he's done already, but what, uh, hopefully the future has planned for him. Yeah. Um, so it's exciting to have him in the room. It's exciting to have him be a part of, of the Ninny Lion wrestling club. Have you rolled with him around at all? I have not yet. Uh, I have not been on the mat with him yet, but I've been wrestling, you know, a lot of our, our, uh, other big guys, Neville's and, you know, we still have Riley Lefevre, mm-hmm. um, and then LWC, um, Kassara comes to, uh, the club practices a good, good bit. Yeah. So, uh, would you say that like the NLWC has like the most big guys, like, cause like the most high level big guys like still competing in uh in our program. Yeah, I mean I think I think the Ninny Line Wrestling Club, you know, I think uh you know, we've been able to put together a pretty good room, you know, for for if you're a, a heavyweight or you know, realistically any any size. I, I me personally I think obviously Penn State is uh mm-hmm. is the best choice for you. But yeah, I think uh as far as like any big guy goes, I'm not you shouldn't, you know, going anywhere else is, is, uh, you know, there's lots of other places that have good rooms, but I just think that, you know, ours is, is very, very talented and very, very deep. Yeah. Um, how did, how did Kale do, like when he's growing his program, how did he get so good at like securing upper weights and, and having just a really solid upper weight for the past, however, eight or nine years? Yeah, so um, I'm not really sure how you know how he kind of picks his and picks and chooses his guys, but obviously he's doing something right mm-hmm. you know, with the just the development um, with our big guys in the room and and the development of everybody in the room, right? So, right. so you know he's uh that's why he's the one of the best coaches in the country, right? He, he knows things nobody else knows. Yeah. How long have you how long have you known the coaching staff at Penn State? So it's um. When I was coming out of high school, 
2008 is when I graduated high school. But so then there were, uh, you know, you could go on unofficials earlier, you know, or you could mm-hmm. basically it's similar, you know, go on unofficial whenever. So my sophomore year, so 2006 is when I took my first unofficial to Iowa State. So I've known, you know, Coach Coach Kale and Coach Cody since then. And then uh, my freshman year of college is when uh, they hired Coach Cunningham at Iowa State. Um, so I, I've known them for about a little over 10 years now. So it's been a long time. Yeah. And then when did you come to the NLWC? So, yeah, I uh, graduated from Grandview in, in uh, May of 2014. And right after that, my, um, I guess it was my fiance at the time, she, uh, her great aunt lived in State College. Um, and, and I had, you know, obviously I had my relationship with Coach Kale. So when I was getting ready to be done with college, you know, I, I wanted to continue to compete and I wanted to continue to wrestle. Um, and it, it was, it happened that Les Sigmund was going to be done at the Mini Line Wrestling Club about that time. So I was able to, uh, take a spot with, uh, training here full time right out, right. It was right yeah. around June. I moved out here, um, you know, with, I had my Ford Explorer. I had, you know, three duffel bags and, mm-hmm. and, uh, just a couple of things on my back, you know, moving out here is fun. That's awesome. Wait, what year was that? 2014. 2014. And so you've been here ever since. Yep. Yep. My Man. wife and I love it out here. So we're very happy in central Pennsylvania, but. So, so you were born in Iowa, right? Is yeah. That... Born, born and raised in, uh, Shell Rock, Iowa. Shell Rock, Iowa. How does how does State College compare to Iowa? You know, honestly, um, you know, outside of like, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, if you remove those two cities out of the state of Pennsylvania, they're uh, they're very similar places. You know, as far as yeah. like the college town feel to uh, to State College, and then and then the surrounding communities. So I grew up about thirty minutes outside of. Uh, Cedar Falls, Iowa, which is where the University of Northern Iowa is. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very similar to as if, uh, you know, you say you grew up in, in Belfont or maybe not in Penn's Valley, something along those lines. Yeah, you know, surrounding mm-hmm. the, the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did you get introduced to the sport? So my family, uh, my dad's side, my dad has eight brothers and sisters. So. Ooh. My dad, yeah, it's kind of like you, right? Almost. <laughs> Almost, yeah. So, so uh, my dad has eight brothers and sisters. Um, my uncles um, have four or five state titles between them. My cousins and myself, you know, we have a couple state titles. Um, my cousin is uh, Tolly Thompson. So, pretty much right away, I was into wrestling. You know, it was a big part of the culture in my family. You know, growing yeah. up, it was. Uh, it was a big deal, you know, to be a wrestler and it was, uh, it was expected. It was uh, not so much expected, but it was just what kids did, you know, at family, mm-hmm. family gatherings and stuff. All the boys wrestled, all the girls wrestled. So it was fun. Did you love it? Like right off the bat? Um, I don't know that I, you know, right out, right out of the gate, I, if I loved wrestling, but I do specifically remember when I, when I learned, um, you know, like, you know, there's moments in your wrestling career, right, where things just click and, and you, you kind of jump a level. But I do remember in third grade or no, I'm sorry, second grade, I was, you know, obviously I'm a big guy. So I was a big kid. 
I wrestled I wrestled up in the AU districts, which is the big deal state tournament in Iowa when I was growing up. I wrestled in the third and fourth grade division at 85 pounds, and I qualified for state. But I I had lost to this kid, you know, ten times throughout the year. You know, was, he was my uh, he was my Coleman Scott to Mark. <laughs> so so uh, so I I I beat him at that district tournament, and and I, that year was the year that I you know I could drill you know, with, with total focus, you know, second, third grade, I just remember like my dad would tell me, you know, the harder you drill, the better you're going to be at wrestling. You know, if you pop up right away, you get more reps, you get more reps, you'll be better at wrestling. Mm-hmm. So, so that was, that was kind of when I immediately, you know, clinged to the sport and, and then started really enjoying it. Yeah. What was your, so like from youth, like what was your first, like a big tournament, like, like or um, national we go to Tulsa every year. Um, you know, we would go to Tulsa. We'd go to, you know, that then, um, you know, the kids nationals, I know it's held in green Bay and Atlanta. Now then it was held in Waterloo, which is literally 30, 40 minutes from my house. So we, we go to that every year. Um, you know, we, my, my parents, we went everywhere to every tournament. So it was fun. Did you ever, when you were like a, a young kid, did you, did you ever have like top level aspirations? When did you know you wanted to, to try to, you know, make Olympic teams and world teams and things like that? Um, so I was pretty good until like sixth grade and then seventh, eighth grade, I was terrible at wrestling. Very, mm. very bad. Mm. Like, uh, you know, I was, I grew, you know, about eight inches from, from fifth grade to eighth grade so so I had no body control no you know no real strength um so I I I placed at state my freshman year of high school and that summer I decided I was going to make a bigger commitment you know not a bigger commitment but more of a commitment to wrestling yeah so I I uh that whole summer I lifted very very hard I got you know much stronger much better body control um and I and I decided then, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go all in on this. And so that's kind of when I decided, you know, I, I remember it's funny. I remember my sophomore year, 2006, is when my cousin Tolly made the world team and, and got bronze. And and I remember watching my dad woke me up and we we're on some goofy. This was back in the day, man. This is yeah. like, <laughs> this is dial up Internet. You know, we we're on some goofy Internet stream watching watching Tolly wrestle and it was just so grainy and brutal but we watched Cormier wrestle and I remember thinking to my to myself and telling my dad you know I was like I think I could wrestle with that guy you know and it's just yeah. obviously you know I you know a little bit better as you grow up you know, but there's <laughs> but I remember my dad told me he's like well you definitely can why couldn't you you know but that was just kind of part of it you know feeding into that a little bit is is what I think really made a difference for me yeah so what was one win or loss like from a you know a young age that that impacted you deeply and like you still remember oh i don't have the memory of mcknight so it's gonna be tough for me to go back to like third grade uh but honestly third grade there's a couple of them you know throughout your career and you'll you'll kind of learn this throughout your career there's there's wins or losses where you say i don't ever want that to happen again or you know, I want that to happen more and there's yeah. ways to make those things happen. Right. So third grade, I, I won state, um, in the third and fourth grade division. And I remember I was like, 
I just want to keep winning. I like this. This feels yeah. good. I'm just going to keep <laughs> winning. And then in fourth grade, you know, um, I was kind of cocky. I remember going to AU State and I was like, I'm going to pin everybody. You know, I'm going to beat everybody yeah. up. None of these people are going to, none of these kids are going to touch me. And I ended up getting third. I got beat by this kid that I had never heard of in my in my life. So he beat me. And, and then I, you know, we used to, I used to tell my dad, I, I, I was like, I'm never going to be cocky again. I'm never going to be <laughs> overconfident again. You know, I'm never going to do that again. So, so you, you'll kind of go through these things. I don't, you learn. You learn yeah. Um, man. So here's a, maybe a little tangent. Where did your, where did your nickname come from? Oh, gold bear. Gold bear. So we were in college and Twitter kind of was starting to get big in like 2012. And all me and my friends made, uh, made, uh, Twitters one night and, we were like, oh, what's a good, what's a good name? What's a good Twitter handle? I think this, I think this is when we still call them ats. Yeah, it's a good at, right? Uh, so we all kind of came up with different ones. It's nothing crazy, but you know, sometimes those guys would call me Bear. So I was like, what about Gold Bear? Because this was when Jordan Burroughs was huge too, and it was like, oh, that's yeah. sick. I like that one. Gold Bear. Yeah. Now is is that the same Twitter you have now? Uh, so originally it was Gold Vikings. That was our mascot at okay. Grandview. And then whenever I was about to graduate college, I was like, oh, let's change this. So I, we all, you know, I changed it to Gold Bear USA. So just trying to do a brand or, you know, at least something where it's recognizable, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. Um. So, so you came out of high school with like a stellar record, you know. Yeah. 178 wins. Like that's ridiculous. Um when, when you were tra- like looking at colleges um like t- talk about the whole college like choosing process for you. Yeah, so at the time my cousin Tali again, he was at University of Northern Iowa. Um so I was obviously interested in that and uh, Coach Kale had just been named the head coach at Iowa State, and Coach Brands had been named the head coach at Iowa. Um, so there was a lot of things about it, right? Like a lot of yeah. workings to it. So, I, you know, I kind of took my visits, um, and I, I was looking at – so Chris Bono at the time was at Chattanooga, um, and he was a close family friend with Tali, and, you know, he knew my parents, my family, and everything. So I took a visit there. Um, it wasn't, you know, it was a tough decision, but, you know, just like anybody, you know, Coach Kale's a very good recruiter. He's a very good, you know, he does, he just does it right. So, you know, when, whenever I was on my visit, I was really close to committing then, you know, on my visit to Iowa State because I just knew, like, you know, I think this is where I want to be. I think this is where I want to be. And then I went to my visit to Chattanooga and I was very close to committing there. You know, that's why. I, sometimes you know these kids commit really early you know Mm -hmm. in their career and I I think that's a mistake I think you need to take your visits and then and then make an informed decision from there because it is a big deal it is a big decision um to decide where you're going to college and where you're going to spend you know five probably plus years you know if you have those sort of aspirations so it's a, a you know looking at some of that stuff now you know if I could go back in time I'd still make the same decision you know but so it was a good experience and, and, uh, you know, all the coaches are, are great people. And it was, you know, it was a can't lose situation. Yeah. 
So why ultimately Grandview? So um, when I went to I went to Iowa State originally. Um, I was there for a year with Coach Sanderson, and then I was there for a year with Coach Jackson. And after I left Iowa State, I actually was like done wrestling. I hated mm-hmm. wrestling. Um, I was working at a Target distribution center. I was working ten hour, four ten hour shifts from four p.m. to like two a.m. It was it was not yeah. not fun at all. Um, and, you know, I was kind of resigned. Uh, to that life at that time, you know, I just wasn't making great life choices, wasn't making good decisions. And eventually, you know, my coach from Grandview, Nick Mitchell, he called me and got a hold of me and was like, you know, why don't you come check out Grandview? Why don't you come see if, you know, maybe this is for you or, you know, if wrestling could be, you know, so it was either keep working third shift at a target distribution center, which that isn't a bad job, but mm-hmm. Um, I still had wrestling in me. So luckily I, I took the visit and when I was on my visit, I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to do that anymore. So I signed the papers and, and a week yeah. later I, I moved to Des Moines. How far was that from, uh, from where you were living in? Yeah. Yeah. It's about two and a half hours from my hometown. So it's not like you're, it's not like you're packing up and moving halfway across the country. Like you're still pretty darn close. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't bad at all. Um, and what was the difference between wrestling? Like, you're uh, you're at NCAA and now is not Grandview the NAIA, right? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so I mean, there's some differences, right? So in NAI, you can wrestle. The cool, one of the cooler things I thought about NAI that you know most people in Division One don't even really know, you know, or so, like most wrestling people in general don't really know is that you can send two guys at a weight. Instead of like, say, say you're going to your regionals, you could send uh, 12 guys at six weights. Yeah. No, that's. Um, so, so, you know, like, so when, when it came down to like who the coaches are going to have wrestle at nationals, so you're not really c- competing with the guy at your weight so much. Obviously you're always competing with that guy, but you're not so much competing with that guy as you are with like, maybe you're 25 pounder and there's a 74 pounder who's who's had you know comparable um results to you you know what's your effort look like you know so you start looking at like how guys are wrestling right now what's their effort look like right now are they excited about wrestling are they you know things like that you know are they making good decisions so Mm -hmm. that's one thing I enjoyed and and you know all those guys that were at Grandview when I was there you know we had a we had a quite a few guys that had wrestled division one and, and for whatever reason were at Grandview at that time. So, um, it was a lot of fun, man. It was, we were, I mean, we beat, uh, Drexel that year. Yeah. Um, we lost a one by one point to a, a pretty good Iowa state team. Um, you know, we had a lot of, we sent six guys to Midlands, um, and competed pretty good, won quite a few matches. So, you know, we had good teams and we had good guys on the team. Man, that's so. Do you do you think that you know? Do you wish that the the NAIA was like was more mainstream? I guess you could say. Do you wish that there's more of a focus on it, or do you like how it is now? I mean, obviously, you always wish there was more attention brought to to guys. Right. You know, when you're doing it, you're like, I'm really good. You know, I wish people would say something about it, but. That's just not the reality of the situation, you know. People don't pay pay attention to some of that stuff, and and really they they probably should, 
you know, because there are guys now that are, you know, Division Two, Division Three NAI that are competing at a high level, you know, at, 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 at the senior level. Yeah. No, and it just with like the wrestling media and all, all the attention is, it's solely on Division One guys, you know, and if if you want to be noticed, right, by the by the wrestling population at large, you go wrestle D1, go wrestle in the Big Ten, and and eyes are going to be on you every time you wrestle. Yeah, 100%. Um, so that's just the, the way it is right now. And, yeah, hopefully we can get more and more attention going to, to smaller programs and, and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be cool, you know, because there are, you know, I mean, I went to Grandview and they've won, uh, you know, now, oh, frick, eight, eight, eight in a, in AIA titles in a row. Yeah. You know, so by, by healthy margins every year. Um, so I think something on, on that program would be very cool, but you know, wishing, wishing, uh, doesn't always happen. So, right. but it, it, uh, you know, and, and then realistically you should only wrestle because you want to, not because mm-hmm. not for any other reason, you know, but always, you know, uh, People, people noticing and appreciating what you're doing is always appreciated, right? Yeah. Oh, always. Um, so, Coach Eric, after you graduated, how long did you stay in Des Moines? So, yeah, I mean, I was only there for – I wrestled at the 2014 trials um, when I was still at Grandview. Um, and then shortly after those trials, I – I moved out here. I want to say, you know, I graduated at the end, at the beginning of May, end of April, and I moved out to State College in early June. Wow, so quick, a little bit of a quick turnaround. Yeah, yeah, man, it was it was uh, go time. You know, if you're not training, you're missing out, right? Yeah, no, that's right. Um, how much when you were in high school? How much folk style? I mean, how much freestyle in, in Greco did you do compared to folk style? So as soon as wrestling, so one thing about Iowa that's much different than uh, than Pennsylvania is as soon as as soon as wrestling season, high school wrestling season's over, you move straight into freestyle. Mm. You know, so yeah. so every 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 summer, you know, I was wrestling freestyle the whole summer until you know right after Fargo. You know, there weren't really any opportunities to wrestle folk style. And to be honest, I, I wouldn't have probably taken people up on them. You know, I love freestyle, so. Yeah, were you better at freestyle than you uh, were Um, You know, I was, I'd probably say I, 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 I was, you know, when I was competing, I was probably always a little bit, a little bit more creative um, mm-hmm. with my wrestling. So freestyle was good for me and I could throw people and say you throw somebody in a folk style match and you only, and they roll off their back, it's only worth two. But if I throw them in a freestyle match, it was worth three then. So yeah, so that's that always good. But yeah, I mean, uh, freestyle was a big deal in Iowa, you know, getting ready for Fargo was a big deal. Um, you know, we always sent a, a really good team to junior duels. Um, and then Northern Plains, you know, um, like like we have out here in Northeast Regional, we have the mm-hmm. Northern Plains Regionals in in uh you know Iowa so, or Iowa Minnesota Wisconsin, North Dakota South Dakota we're all in that regional so and Illinois so that was always a really tough tournament too 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, there was always, and there's always local freestyle tournaments um, growing up that we'd go to. So it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I definitely know it's like in, in Pennsylvania, like you'll have, you'll have guys who make the podium at States and then, then they're like, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do freestyle this year. And then they just don't, you know, they, they take the summer off and go back next year. They train folk style all, all summer long. It's interesting. Um, so, so after you, so you, you took, uh, shots at, you know, 2014 world team and, um, and then 2015 and tw- then like the 2016 Olympic trials, right? Yep. Yep. Then, I competed all those then, years. Yeah. Um, and then after your, your senior level competition, like wrapped up when did you how fast did you start like transitioning into coaching yeah so uh we uh i got done um with the trials in april and then almost immediately you know may june i started working at um lock haven you know starting yeah. to coach there and starting to help out up there and then we moved there we moved to lock haven in late june early july my wife and i so how long were you at lock haven for uh just one year um just a short stint um there but it was a good experience it was a lot of fun mm. um and then when did you start when did you transition to the nittany lion wrestling club yeah so i had a couple um of positions that i was looking at um so I reached out to, to Coach Kale to see, you know, kind of what he thought. And then the offer was there to come back to the Nitty Line Wrestling Club. So I decided that would be, you know, the best, next best logical step for me. And, and it's been a great experience. You know, I moved mm. back. I started working here. You know, we had our house. I've lived, we lived in Lock Haven since, you know, 2016, June of 2016. So we just recently moved. So I was driving about 45 minutes. Um, yeah. you know, every day. So it, it was rough, but we're happy to be living in state college now, um, you know, in the area and, and all those things. So, and all the things that the nice amenities that come with living in state college. So that's been mm-hmm. nice. And, and being here has been nice. So, you know, being at the Ninny Line Wrestling Club has been a great experience and, and I've enjoyed it immensely. Yeah. And, you know, you're moving closer. And so would you say you're probably going to you know, look at staying with the NLWC for the foreseeable future. Just be there for a while. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously, I, I, you know, I kind of dance back and forth on my aspirations to be a, a college coach, and 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 mm. you know, kind of what the future holds for me. Um. Kind of willing to listen to anything, and you know, I'm definitely, you know, if if the right opportunity comes along, um, I'd take a look at it. You know, but so far, nothing nothing really has has measured to to what i'm able to do here yeah right um and you know what you're doing at m2 is great too like yeah we love having you here yeah the m2 training center has been a great experience as well you know it's been it's been a lot of fun to to be able to work with uh mcknight and, and david all the time and you know kind of see see the club grow and, and help kids in the area, you know, not even so much in the area, but just in Pennsylvania. And, you know, we have a couple of people drive from out of state. So 
it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Kind of seeing, seeing some of you guys grow up and, and just the improvements that we've made and, and the, the, you know, the, the mindset on some of the kids grow, you know, and kids just Mm -hmm. improve at wrestling so quickly, you know, so that's been, it's been really, really fun. How did you get, um, like introduced to M2? How did they, how did David and McKnight like kind of bring you into this? Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I was probably at the NLWC for about a year, a year. And then David started the club in October. Um, and then the club started growing and, you know, things come up. So we, we started getting a lot of kids and David asked me if I wanted to come and start helping out. So I want to say I've been there since December of 2017. Yeah. December, yeah. January. So it's been awesome. You know, it's been, it's been really fun helping guys out and, and running some practices and, and seeing kids improve. It rocks. Plus <laughs> dude, uh, Doing the the youth stuff like with the uh, with the little kids, they're so funny, man. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there too, and 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 seeing like you know some of those little guys, just watching them grow as as they yeah. kind of understand wrestling and learn wrestling, and uh, watching them you know kind of grasp more advanced concepts than I've ever seen little kids grasp has been it's been really really cool. You know like, I it's really cool seeing, uh, you know, kids who I would have to like sit next to them the entire practice <laughs> and like take their hand and put it where it needs to go. And they'd still forget, like now we can just say the drill and they can do it like pre- basically perfectly. They can just run through it. And, you know, it's just like what you said, just seeing, seeing the growth and, and knowing that, um, like what you're doing, your contributions are, are paying off. And it's really it's really, really great thing that I'm glad that, you know, I'm a part of to get to, to watch all these kids grow. Yeah, it's kind of crazy, right? To see some of these kids who were, you know, I call them booger eaters a lot of times. <laughs> but, but some of them are, have graduated from booger eaters just to booger pickers, and they're pretty Booger pickers. Now. You know, so, they wipe the boogers on the mat. They yeah, don't put them not, in their mouth no more. They stopped eating them. So <laughs> we're starting to get some kids, man. And it, and it has been, it's been incredible, right? To see some of these kids grow and and start to learn wrestling and kind of understand some of the strategies and, and really grasp, you know, cause we're not teaching, you know, uncle Joe's switch at, you know, uncle Tom's barn, <laughs> you know, yeah. wrestling mat in the garage. Yeah. You know, we're teaching kids, you know, really high level stuff, quad pod, you know, quad pod to switch and stuff. And we have some of our little kids who can, make the changes on the fly to grasp some of these concepts and, and really understand some of these things that are, that I didn't really understand until I started training full time. And I had the opportunity to learn from some of the best, you know, so some of these things we're teaching are not easy things to understand. Well, why the heck would I do that? You know, mm-hmm. when I could just do this or, or that seems like it's really hard, but why were, you know, and, and really like having a conversation with them, you know, if you do this, then this happens. And then it like, you know, so why not try this? Yeah. You know, and having that back and forth with these guys and, and right. making no. them understand in wrestling, you know, things aren't always so cut and cut and dry, you know, you need to get creative. So that's been, that's been really exciting to see. And it's just, it is, it's absolutely wild to see the growth in some of our, our yeah. guys. I mean, part of the thing with the, you know, because all the every wrestler is different. Everyone's gonna have a different take on a situation. Like a coaching 
a wrestler is less of like to my understanding it's less of like this is it's less of like you know black and white it's less of this is the way it has to be done it's it's more like a a relationship with your wrestler and understanding how they view the situation and 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 sh- presenting them ideas that they can take and and use to, for their style yeah instead of you know instead you know you can learn a lot of wrestling from a lot of people you know and 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 why why they do x y and z and and instead of you know because this person hasn't done that or doesn't have this accolade that, that's really kind of irrelevant right because mm-hmm. wrestling is at its base our prime self-defense right when you see you know, my son and a little kid and they're grabbing each other, trying to throw each other down. Or if I put my arm in front of him, he's trying to use his head to, yeah. to get get my arm out of the way instead of using his hands, you know, little stuff like that, that you're just watching, you know, these people are creative and they, and they, you know, at, at its base, right. Self-defense and, and, uh, you know, like battle tactics, hundreds of millions, of, hundreds of thousands of years, people have been, you know, wrestling each other, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So, so it's not like a, it is and it is not a complicated thing right yeah. so it it's like you know i think we're at a place in wrestling right now where people are doing things that are so like you know 30 years ago it would have been it would have been out of this world to try that it would yeah. have been crazy to crazy to do this or crazy not to you know i watch a lot of old wrestling matches and i and i you know watch these guys and they they are all squeezing right that's yep. like the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life like you know they they couldn't even lift their arms at the end of periods because they're squeezing so hard and and as you know i would i would lose my mind on you guys if you were squeezing people so <laughs> yeah so it's like it's it's some of those things you know that it's just the sport evolves and if you're not trying to watch people and learn from other people then really it's it's uh exercise and futility yeah. When did you know that you wanted to coach like youth level? Um, you know, I, I I've gone through spurts of, you know, times when I was like it, it uh instead of, you know, cuz college coaching comes with its own set of uh, mm-hmm. you know, and even even RTC stuff comes with its own own line of like, oh man, that seems like it's not very fun or you know, yeah. and, you know, and, and youth wrestling always seemed kind of fun because you got to work with a blank slate. Most of the time kids are, yeah. kids are much more willing to learn than adults, you know, if, if they've been taught how to learn, you know, mm-hmm. we all, you know, cause that's right in, in the, in the world today, you know, not everybody's been educated on learning, right. Trying to learn things. And then, then honestly, that's like the that's what makes wrestling fun for me and, and learning things and exploring different options in a match and exploring different like thought processes and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, trying to teach some of that to kids and teach some of that to you guys um, has been really, really, really fun. Um, and I've grown to, you know, at first maybe I, there was times I definitely didn't enjoy it, but to be honest, since I've had a kid, I, I enjoy everything about it, you know, having a lot more patience and uh enjoying being around you guys and kind of listening to your guys's thoughts on things stuff like that so it's been it's been really fun yeah so you know how did how has having a son like changed your outlook on you know wrestling and coaching and and life in general 
Yeah, so I think for me, the biggest thing it's it's kind of changed is, you know, and you hear it all the time, you know, it's somebody's kid or it's somebody's, you know. Uh-huh. And, and and I think even before I had a kid, I did a little bit, but now it's to like the nth degree, you know, you start thinking, you know, you have a kid and you're kind of like, you know, how would I want this person? How would I want someone to treat my kid? Or how would I, you know, want someone to communicate with my kid? And I think about that and I think, you know, so I try to do that to the best of my ability, right? Like the way I'd want someone to talk to my son, the way I'd want someone to talk to, you know, my nephews or my, you know, you know what I mean? Like the way you want the the people around you to be treated and, and educated, you know, so giving your best, uh, best ability to that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, is, do you think who's going to wrestle? You know, it's funny. My wife and I talk about that all the time. And <laughs> I think, you know, I think, you know, currently in our position, um, you know, at Penn State, the guys are, the guys are really awesome. And, and at M2, it's the same thing, you know, and anytime I just want, if his all, I imagine if all his experiences in a wrestling room, you know, I listened to the podcast with McKnight and you're talking about, you know, people yelling in a room and yelling at people, you know, no one wants to get yelled at ever. Yeah. So, you know, so I think most of our experiences dictate what we enjoy. Um, so I think I think most of his experiences in a wrestling room will be very enjoyable. So hopefully, hopefully he wrestles. You know, I think he will. Yeah, man. What do you think? Uh, think he's gonna be a big guy? He's. You know, my wife. Pretty, my wife is only big. five foot. My wife's only five foot three. So uh, you know, and if you went home to my to like a family get together where I grew up, you know, she'd probably be like one of the shortest people there. So I just keep telling her she better not have damaged my <laughs> my large people gene pool. But yeah, he's pretty high in the percentiles and stuff. So yeah. we'll see. You know, I think he'll be a big kid and and which makes it a little bit easier, right? Like Coach McKnight tells you all the time, heavyweight's just easier than one twenty five. Man. I uh, man, I saw that picture of you guys on your Instagram. Were you painting a pumpkin? Oh yeah, we gave it a shot. You know, he's not quite there. We're 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 we're, we're not. We're he's not quite Picasso on it, but we're working he'll, there. He'll get there. You know, learn how to hold a <laughs> hold a paintbrush, and you can start basic shapes. Yeah, that's pretty fun, man. Yeah, so it's been fun, and and you know, having him around you guys and stuff. You know, he loves it. So that's one thing too that that's been very enjoyable. Um, is being able to see you guys interact with him and and seeing how you know just just having good experiences, right? Like we talked about, you know, you're, you enjoy things if you have a good experience. Right. Right. So so that's why it's important for me to make sure anytime we have a new kid or something that the experience for him in that wrestling room is, is enjoyable, you know, and and, and the same thing with the NLWC we do with our uh, fitness and balance class, you know, we have McKnight takes the four to six year olds and I take the six to eight year olds and it's an absolute nightmare like crazy fest and and we do like jumping jacks and play with dodgeballs and you know and and it's not really wrestling centric or at all a part of the curriculum but yeah you know getting kids into a wrestling room and having them have fun is what really wrestling should be yeah, I know it's a it's a great foundation for them to to start like chasing a goal, you know, to start lo- loving wrestling. 
Yeah, I mean, any kid who's little being on a wrestling mat, knowing they can fall and it won't hurt, you know, yeah. I love that too. So it's <laughs> pretty cool. Um, so now that you've coached at basically all three levels, right? You know, mm-hmm. youth and high school and in college, what is your favorite to coach? Um, you know, um, it's kind of it kind of changes all the time, right? It just depends. <laughs> You know, there's sometimes there's stuff with like you guys that I that I really enjoy aspects of, you know, at the high school level, you guys can understand some stuff sometimes that I'm like telling you, you know, strategy wise or just, you know, general like grabbing people and, and what you're supposed to do in some positions like some fields and we can get a little bit more advanced. Um, you know, with the senior level stuff and the college guys, you know, it's, it's, it's higher level, it's smaller things, right. It's not quite like huge techniques that you're teaching guys. Right. Um, it's not like a, the, you know, they have the way they wrestle and you don't really need to change that because they've been successful with it already. If they're, if they're part of our NLWC and Penn state. So that aspect of it. And then there's things with the little kids, you know, just watching them, really start to understand some of the more basic concepts of the things we want to understand is very exciting, right? Like when a kid hits a double leg and he's been taking it over his head the whole night and he's not standing up strong and you're like, just get your head up, just get your head yeah. up and they won't do it. And then it finally happens, you know, like it's that, that little aspect of it, you know, the little enjoyments of, of that, that I do enjoy sometimes. So, so really it's just more so on the day you can flip a coin and, and you yeah. know, it's all fun, but realistically, you know, I, I, am at rest in a wrestling room for six hours a day mm-hmm. um, you know so I, I can't really go wrong with any aspects of my my coaching you know I enjoy all those things do you believe burnout is a thing um um how how so you know I think uh I think you can be if you allow yourself to be right if, if right. you go to a tournament every weekend and you know, I think it's different at every level. I think it can happen. You know, I see it happen with, you know, for, for me, I think at points it's definitely happened at like every, every level. Mm. You know, I think there's times when I was a kid in youth wrestling and we go every weekend, right. To, to yep. a tournament. And I would eventually just get sick of it. You know, I'm like, okay, I'm kind of over this, you know, and I wasn't really enjoying it. And then I think there's times in college when, you know, you train so hard sometimes that you're just like, you're just tired and and it's hard to come back for. And I think when I was training on the senior level, one thing I regret was not going and competing more. Um, so I just spent a lot of, lot, a lot of time training as opposed to competing. Um, so I think there are different aspects of like burnout, but you know, as I get older, I see I see how that can be those expectations and those things can be managed by just paying attention to how you're feeling. Right. Right. Like I can see it on a kid's face when you, you know, if he doesn't want to be there, then he shouldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, and and there's obviously times in the youth, you know, all the way through where sometimes you just got to get tough and do it anyways. You know, and it's not really a question of, of burnout or not. It's, it's more of a question of like your willingness to, to just say, all right, let's just do this. I'm, I'm, you know, and I've found a lot of times that I've gotten better in my career mm-hmm. is the days when I came into practice and I, I totally just was like, I do not want to be here. I would rather be doing about anything else. And I kind of said, F it and let's do this. Yeah. And you jump right in and you get better. 
sometimes like for like forcing yourself to get better. So yeah. So you know, what would you say like the hardest mental or, or physical hurdles to overcome are for you know for like youth and high school wrestlers, and how as a coach can you help your your athletes get over those hurdles? You know, for me, I think I think a lot of times when I see kids, it's 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 everyone else telling them how good someone that they wrestled is, mm-hmm. as opposed to telling a kid how good he is. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I, I think I think sometimes you need to, like, if you're a dad or you're a coach or something, telling a kid how great he is just for the sake of telling him how great he is isn't the worst thing you're gonna do for a, for a kid's career, you know. Right. Uh, like a little bit of delusion with a little bit of self doubt is is a pretty good recipe for for being really really good. And and by self doubt I don't mean confidence. I just mean you know am I doing enough? Do I need to do a little bit more? And if you have that kid and you can kind of create that mix, and, right. and you know that kid has a very very high ceiling. You know it yeah. doesn't matter any of those things. So I think, uh, you know, I think we all have our, have our issues in our head and we have our issues physically, you know, I, it's, right. it's funny, you know, but, but the best guys, they find a way around them. Right? They, <laughs> yeah. find a, they find a, they figure out a way of, you know, being better, you know, Ben Askren wasn't like super strong, but he was, his arms and legs were really long. So he made that work for him. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's, I think there's a lot of things to it, you know, where, where you figure out, you know, you take an honest self-evaluation of, of your body type and, and you, you watch people who have your body type and you watch, you know, people who do things that you want to be able to do and you, you kind of pick up on those things. Right. And, you know, that goes back to the, the whole wrestling's changed as a sport, like 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, like these guys are just grabbing each other and just <laughs> squeezing each other as hard as they can. It's, it's there's it's not much of an art it's just whoever is stronger and tougher is gonna win yeah and now now you can have like skinny kids and short kids and fat kids and all like all different body types can wrestle and they can do it well you know if they if they truly believe that they can and and apply themselves to the sport yeah yeah a hundred percent you know i think I think sometimes we hold ourselves to limitations based on what we look like or what we feel like or, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. And and really, those are just you holding holding yourself back as opposed to, you know, obviously you can find things that work for you. And that's why that's why I really enjoy wrestling is because, you know, you can take a kid who who maybe doesn't enjoy like the combativeness of it and eventually he he will kind of enjoy some of those things and in, in, in over time because mm-hmm. you know, at its core wrestling still is a pretty brutal sport right yep. it's still it's still like it's still very difficult and it's still very mean and tough and and but it doesn't have to be you, you know you can make a match whatever you want it to be right right doesn't doesn't have to be unfun no, no, wrestling, wrestling can be a thought, thought-based sport, and you know, yeah. a lot of the time. But you know, you still gotta get in the mud sometimes with the pigs. Yeah. So, so now that you've been in a few different, different rooms, what does, you know, Penn State do differently than than all these other programs? Um, 
you know, I think just the coaching staff understands kids. I think they understand what, uh, what they need, you know, and, and, and they tailor to that a little bit more, you know, and, and kind of help kids that way, as opposed to always having a way they do things and, and, and not, and not being too rigid about stuff, right? You got to mm-hmm. let kids be kids and let them be themselves. And, you know, I don't know if, if someone's clipping their nails on the on the floor <laughs> and then we can't play dodgeball, like that's no, that's unacceptable. That was disgusting. I do not stand for that move. I have when I when I when I get that DNA test back from those fingernails, <laughs> someone's gonna hear about it because that is horrible. <laughs> that's so gross. That's serial killer type move out of somebody. Yeah, no, we just walk in and, and Kale just rolls up the uh the the sliding curtain. And he's like, no dodgeball today. And he's like, look over there. There's toenail clippings. It's like, a tough scene for everybody involved. Disgusting. It, it's not good for, for, for anybody, you mm, know? Not good. I feel like a victim in, all, <laughs> in this crime. That was perpetrated against me. It was but, per- I, I take it personally. It was a personal offense against me yeah. and my... I mean, people might call it an attack, and I, would, I wouldn't say no. No, it was... It was definitely directed at us. Yeah, I mean, so, you, you know, you do need Defamation. to help kids. Yeah. You need to help kids grow up, right? Back to the question a little bit. You need to help kids grow up. You know, that's a that's certainly an aspect, you know, and I think just, just you know, the individuals that the coaches are and the people around the program are, you know, there's, you know, a lot of people care about yeah. about the kids and, and kids who feel – kids who are who are loved and cared for always compete a little bit harder right mm-hmm. you know if you don't think if you think somebody only cares about you for for one aspect of your life then then they're kind of they're not right. really they're not really as into it right i mean no one yeah. wants to feel like like they're just they're just there to to wrestle you know mm-hmm. you want to you know but yeah so i think that's one of the things you know at, at penn state that 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 you know, everyone in the program does a really good job with. Yeah. No, I was I was surprised when I started wrestling at the NLWC. I, I don't know, maybe surprise is the right word, but what stuck out to me was how clear it was that the, the coaches, you know, they're there to make you a better wrestler. But first and foremost, they're there to make you, uh, help you grow as a person, to make you a better person, you know, and they take a value in every one of their their athletes like like personally and they 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 focus on them on um I don't I don't know the right word but try to make them grow into the the best version of themselves you know like yeah i mean a kid who grows on from from a program right that's a, he's a reflection of that program so mm-hmm. when you send guys out into the world when they're done with their wrestling careers you know, it's not just it's not the wrestling that's going to be reflected to the program. It's it's who they are as a person. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely an aspect of it. Right. That that uh, that is is important in the program. And, and I'm glad, you know, I wouldn't want to be at a place where it isn't. Right. Right. Penn State's a special place. I've had an incredible time wrestling there over this summer. And you know, pretty soon I'm gonna have to when the when the high school season starts, then I've gotta I gotta I can't go anymore. Until yeah, that's what I, yeah, that's next kind summer. of a bummer. But 
It is. It'll be a little bit, but you'll, a- you'll have fun being with your, your new team, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Moving uh, to Belfont. It's going to be... Yeah, where, where you, where you, have you guys moved? No, so um, they're building the house right now. It, That's exciting. We're looking to be moved in in like December, January. I don't know. But it's it's like five minutes away from where I live now in State really? College. So it's 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 not even a big move. Um, moving, moving sucks, though. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. No, someone but, asked me, like – are you excited to move? And I'm like, I'm excited to be moved. I'm not yes. excited about the moving. Yes, especially you guys. You guys are moving a whole, a whole, uh, <laughs> yeah. a whole uh, football team in tow. But yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you one sec. Sorry about that. Um, I'll tell you, moving is not. That's like the worst thing, right? So <laughs> when the, the opportunities have kind of come up to coach other places, and it's just. At the base of it, I think I'm just too lazy about moving. Yeah. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. But, <laughs> but moving sometimes just seems like uh, like it's going to be an impossible task. So yeah. we're still trying to, you I know. I mean, but leave. hey, it's, it sounds like you've had, like, plenty of experiences. So, like, how about, you know, can I call you or whatever? Like, if we got some heavy furniture to lift, could just give you a call. Like, hey, Eric, we got to move this stuff. We have you come over and You got to have other friends. It. You got to okay. have other friends to do that. <laughs> Oh, oh, we're not that we're not that close, Coach Eric. You want to come I mean, help move it, my, my futon? If you got something, you know, a futon, I think McKnight can handle that. You know, <laughs> he told me last week that he thinks he's growing. So. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got that going for you. <laughs> yeah. There's still the possibility that McKnight grows a little bit, and then yeah, you're in muscles business. Yeah, McKnight. <laughs> Coach, Mc- how long have you how long have you known Mark? You know, I I moved out here in 2014 and and it's kind of funny so mark officiated my wedding <laughs> in 2015 uh he was our the guy who officiated our wedding so did he wear no a tux? McKnight. did he wear no he wore a suit just a oh. just a real basic suit but he did a, he did do a good job so if you're getting married not so much you but other people okay. if you're getting married <laughs> mcknight's a terrific officiant very nice speech, you know, all those things. So he did do a good job. He did. There was a little bit of a snafu um, between him, between him and David about the vowel vow situation, but we got it figured out. Okay. <laughs> but, Man, do you have a do you have a Mark McKnight story for us, Coach? Do you have I one have, on the fly that you love to tell? Uh, no, I do. I have a bunch of Mark McKnight stories, but not all not all age appropriate. <laughs> but uh, I have a, a um like a folder on my phone specifically <laughs> dedicated to McKnight of all the goofy pictures I've taken of him, which there are many, yeah. and uh, in the goofy places McKnight sleeps. <laughs> so Man, if you ever hang out with McKnight in the summer, McKnight at, at the drop of a hat takes his shirt off everywhere. Yeah. If you're outside anywhere. He, he takes his shirt off. So I think this was two years ago. It was me, McKnight, and Chad Dubin who wrestled at Penn State. We were driving down to Virginia Beach for the Virginia Duels. Um, and me and Dubin go inside this gas station, go to the restroom. 
And we come back out, and McKnight's laying in the back of the truck with his shirt off. He's like, oh, he's just catching some sun. <laughs> so just Oops. stuff like that. But I McKnight stories. Um, goofy. Here, I got one. So when I remember uh, – let's see. So it was – so the summer, the mats had expanded. And then when it got cold, the mats would shrink. And then we'd have, like, these gaps in the mat. And then, too, and so you guys – took like strips of res light and laid them in the oh, in the gaps and I, and i were like oh we got to cut the tape and mark he's like oh one second and he comes runs to his car his mercedes and he comes back and he has this razor blade like sh- with duct tape around it that he uses oh, yeah. as like a as a hunting knife make nice little shiv his little sh- <laughs> his little shiv is d- deadly I think, I think my favorite McKnight story is just the ongoing saga of him not being able to harvest a deer. <laughs> me, every, every, me, me texting him every Saturday night and asking him asking him if he got one. <laughs> I remember that like, people would be like, yeah, did you get one? And he'd be like, listen, guys, I was this close. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I had it, but – and then he would have this – we would just always, always miss – just that current situation of McKnight missing deer is, is probably one of my more favorite things going on right now. Yeah. Um, the Yonamitsu story is obviously hot on my <laughs> mind right now. I'll tell that one. Cause that I don't know. Weird. Can you can you speak Japanese? I don't want to hear it if you can't speak Japanese. I, in fact, cannot speak Japanese, but here's another fun fact. McKnight can't speak Japanese either. <laughs> Guy can barely speak English. Yeah, speak barely. Hates to- talk crap about him on podcast, but I'm willing to do it. He, uh, yeah, he, so the other night at him too, I'm about to give my speech or McKnight's given a speech about change and being willing to change and being, being willing to, to make, you know, changes in your wrestling game to, to be better at wrestling. And, and so I'm like, all right, I got something to add to this. And he kind of asked me, you know, you got something, something here, Thompson, so I started telling the story about Yano Mitz, and he cuts me off mid-story and tells me I'm missing all Oh, hey, Coach Eric, you, uh, I think you muted yourself. Oh, so where was yeah. I? Ah, uh, so you're telling the story about Yona Mitsu. Yeah, so I just started telling the story about Yona Mitsu and how he had to switch from basically taking every shot with his right hand to uh-huh. to making a change and starting to shoot with his left. So I start telling the short story and and McKnight just stops me mid story, tells me I'm missing all the all the important details. So I'm like, all right. I guess I didn't. I thought I knew the story. Maybe I don't. Right. So I start telling. The, so he starts telling the story. And this guy almost repeats word for word what I just said. Completely identical. It was a preposterous thing for him to do. And almost immediately as he finished the story, does he like – he's like, oh, I did kind of just say what you said, didn't I? Just (laughs) – it's just my day-to-day. I spent way too much time with that guy, so – it wasn't like a shocking thing for him to do. Like I I almost immediately knew when he said, you're messing up all the details – (laughs) <laughs> that he was going to repeat what I just said. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> no, when he said that, and the only thing he really changed about the story is he's like, you know, and 
when he when he would sleep, he would have dreams about shooting with his left hand. And when he would, and then he said like, and when he would eat his sushi, you know, he'd eat it left handed. He would eat it left handed just to try to make some, some some silly, I don't know, sushi Asian jokes. Yeah. It was, and then it, his whole his whole thing was that at the time when Yona Mitz was telling the story that he could speak Japanese. Yes. But can't do it anymore. So that's yeah, why he, for, he forgot his his Japanese is forgotten now because Yonamitsu is gone. Yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> but he didn't tell you guys Yonamitsu is the only person or Mark's the only person Yonamitsu's ever yelled at. What? Yeah. <laughs> so Yonamitsu is the only person that that Mark's the only person who ever got Yonamitsu mad. Why did he get him mad? I don't know, something about, I don't know, McKnight made somebody mad. Shocker. Yeah, I know, right? Crazy. Not uh, a maybe, crazy turn of events. Maybe we should ask him tonight. Yeah, that would be a good line of questioning for you to ask him. Uh, yeah, I'll have to get him back on the, on the podcast. Oh, man. Mark McKnight. Could be like an ongoing thing of me and McKnight lobbing uh, accusations at each other <laughs> and each other coming on the podcast to defend ourselves. <laughs> Man, no, I'm not I'm not kidding you. It is the funniest thing in the world when you guys like are like like half pissed at each other and you guys are just like kinda going back and forth. Dude, it is so freaking funny every single time. Like, he knows what to say to get me mad and I know what to say to get him yeah. mad. Well, I mean, you gotta imagine all day at NLWC, me and McKnight are together. Yeah. Uh, we we now leave each other, but it used to be we hung out in between. <laughs> now we not leave each other and then we come back to him too yeah so i mean like it doesn't take a whole lot to get mcknight mad you really it only takes two words really yeah Those are i mean coleman pretty, scott <laughs> i i that was absurd how many times he, was, he lost to coleman scott <laughs> i don't get, know if you ever beat him that's another good question he says that he, he claims that he beat him maybe I'll, maybe i'll get coleman scott on the podcast now we're talking him. that's we what i want to know I really want to know if McKnight ever beat Coleman Scott because people are talking and they're saying he might not have. Might not have. We took a this survey. So people are saying. It's out there. That's the rumor. <laughs> All right. Coach Eric, let me ask you just two last questions yeah. before we should wrap this up. So first, uh, who do you think's going to win the Hodge this year? Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh. It's top five. It's five guys, right? It comes down to. What if I give you five guys? Okay, you can give me five. All right, Kassar, Mark Hall, Vincenzo, um, Shakur, Roman. Hey, I like it. No, it sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think I think there's lots of good guys. Um, you know, but it, I don't think. It's just it's hard to say, right? Who's right. who's gonna win the 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 Heisman of wrestling? So I think any of those guys could win it. I think there's I think there's you know Gross is coming back and he's really good. I think there's lots of good wrestlers out there that could win it. So. Yeah, that's how it is. All right, Coach Eric, about that time. But what's What's one last thought that you can leave our listeners with? One last thing oh, that geez. they can think about as well on. And 
you know, no pressure, but this is the last thing that they're going to have in their minds <laughs> from the interview. So make it count. Uh, wrestling should be fun. It shouldn't suck. It shouldn't be uh, something that isn't enjoyed. Truth. Truth. Is that last good last thing? That was really good, actually. Right. That was really, really good. All right. Guys, thanks for listening to another yep. interview episode of Home Man Advantage. Thanks uh, for having me on, Jude. Yeah. Coach Eric, thanks for coming on so short notice. notice. Oh, yeah. I really – dare I say, this was my favorite interview ever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was great. Um, I'm glad that you were able to come on, and I'm glad that uh, – uh, me, me doing my podcast with Mark um, made you a little bit jealous of the spotlight. Yeah, and you I mean, to... McKnight, McKnight can't – I can't do things that McKnight can't do can't, – does do. So I need right, to – Right, You know, I need to be in the mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your fair share. For sure. All right. All right, Jude. I got to run, man. Thanks for having me okay. on. Okay. See you, Coach right. Eric. Thank you. Bye.